This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's a Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. Carabao Cup cancellation, training ground shutdown, and a Reds reunion at Villa Park. It's been some week for Liverpool ahead of Shrewsbury's trip to Anfield. We'll just dissect the week that has been. We'll check in on the latest transfer rumours, and there is plenty more to get into. To do all of that, we have the chief Ian Doyle, the Brownflakes boy himself, Matt Addison, <laughs> and late off yeah. the substitutes bench, we have Patrick Smith. Oh. Uh, Patrick, debut outing on Blood Red. You enjoyed that one about Matt? Oh, Brownflakes boy, uh, that's going to be his new name. Yeah, surprisingly not made my Blood Red debut yet, but I'm um, very happy to be here, Guy. Yeah, good to uh, good to have you on board. Doyle, I uh, had a bit of a mouthful there trying to get through the week that it has been for Liverpool. Started with a game of the season contender against Chelsea. The midweek game was cancelled with Arsenal and uh, well, the training ground now back open. It's uh, off the pitch, been, uh, been some week. Yeah, I'd forgotten that Chelsea game was this week, wasn't it? Seems like forever ago. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been an interesting week. As we know, Liverpool, it was as we kind of feared might happen, there'd be more coronavirus cases, but obviously a lot more than anybody had anticipated. And uh, Liverpool had to first close down the uh, the training ground for a couple of days. And then the game against Arsenal was called off. I mean, we can get into that a little bit later on. I know some people weren't too happy at it being called off, but you know, I'm sure everybody's got their own little viewpoint on that, depending on who they support or how sensible they are as a human being. Um, yeah, I'm sure but, I'm going to be asked but, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, we still don't know, to be honest, we still don't know which players it's affected. We'll only really know, I suspect, once we see, if we get a chance to see who's, who's trained on Friday, we know that Liverpool have gone back in training today, those players that remain. And for the game at the weekend, I think we're fully expecting it to be a mix of, of senior players and, and basically kids. You know, it could even be some debuts, whether it's on the bench or, or from the bench, I should say, because you're allowed five substitutes in the in the FA Cup, which had that. Uh, and there's no replays. So... Yeah, what was always going to be a busy week for Liverpool has become a, you know, became an even more stranger week than anybody might have might have expected. But you know, you just look at the, the case tomorrow. The press conference is happening on Saturday. There's no Pep Lenders. He's tested positive. Jurgen Klopp, I think he's not out of isolation until Sunday. There is a chance he could be on the uh, on the touchline for the game against Shrewsbury. But it's, uh, it's Peter Kravitz who's going to be doing the uh, the press conference. It's a good chance for most people to uh, discover what he sounds like. Is it Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? What, did, what have I been saying? I don't know. You just Does it matter? Shrewsbury, no, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury. You know, it's like is, yeah. is it is it uh, is it is it plant or what would you say? Plant. There you go. So yeah, there we go. You need to ask Eden Hazard what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Brilliant. Um, uh, Matt, in terms of the week then that has been for Liverpool, and with that game in midweek having been cancelled, I suppose, as Doyle said there, it, it looked like it was going to be a real busy week. Obviously, the two Carabao Cup legs to, to come within sort of the week and the Shrewsbury game between them. Obviously, that's now a week further back, but I suppose it's just kind of kicking the can further down the road. There is going to be these fixtures that have to be rearranged, of course, still including the, uh, the Leeds Boxing Day game. Yeah, and, and that was the bizarre thing, really, about sort of Arsenal fans being unhappy about it not happening. The suggestion that Liverpool were trying to delay the game, which was obviously nonsense because, I mean, it was always nonsense. But the case is now that, that Salah and Mane will not be there for the second leg anyway. So it, it would make no sense for, for that to be the case. So, yeah, like you say, it's it's just sort of kicked it back. It's, it's postponed that busy schedule. We know that 
you know, there's there's not that many free weeks within you know the rest of the time before the end of, of this season. Even when that Leeds game was postponed, we were kind of looking at it and saying, well, there's probably only one or two places that it can go because normally in a Champions League week, you're not meant to play Premier League games. There, there's certain things that, you know, there are regulations around that. So it's it's one of those where I think Liverpool probably would have preferred just to have played it, got it out of the way, got on with it. The fact now is that they've obviously surrendered the, the Anfield home advantage. Obviously, it's a two-leg, but it's always quite nice to, to have that second. They're going to have that first now. So I think it's it, it was probably the only decision that they could have come to, to be honest, with the, the Arsenal game, obviously. The fact that the training ground had closed down, the the lack of options that Liverpool have, it was it was the only possible thing. And I'm sure you know, Arsenal fans will look if, if the game goes ahead on Sunday, as we expect it will, then... I'm sure there'll be, you know, a few more questions, but the reality is that was was the only possible option. Liverpool did what what they had to do. The, the health concerns around it seem to have taken a, a bit of a, a back seat almost this week in in some people's eyes. But yeah, it was was the only possible choice, and Liverpool just have to to face the fixture congestion over the next month or so, and it won't be any easier. There are still players out. There's still injuries. There's still people at Afcon, but ultimately Liverpool will, will fancy themselves to to beat Arsenal. I would have said. Yeah, what did you make, Patrick, of all the noise around that Arsenal game being, first of all, up in the air, but immediately rearranged for just the following week? Well, I think the main thing that a lot of the Arsenal fans and fans of other clubs that have sort of jumped on the bandwagon are forgetting is that you have an isolation period that comes to an end. And you know, that could come to an end this Sunday for many players. You know, I think Alisson and Firmino should be back, as well as Joel Matter, was it? Back from their isolation periods. Maybe Klopp will be back. Who knows yet? But yeah, I think it's quite exciting, actually. It's like having another, you know, second team to support all these Liverpool teams in the Cups, you know. We don't know who's going to play. We've got absolutely no idea what youngsters, combined with some seniors, are going to be featuring, which I think is actually quite an exciting prospect, you know. The Cup tie against, let's say, Shrewsbury, you know, we should be winning that, but who knows what the team's going to be like. And then as for the Arsenal games, you know, would we go full strength if possible? Probably not anyway. So I don't think the team will be changing that much, but yeah. I don't think surrendering the home advantage for the second leg will put us at too much of a disadvantage anyway. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, Doily, that was me and all the other gooners thinking that it was it was Liverpool running scared of a team they'd whooped 4-0 only a few weeks ago. <clears throat> well, I'm going to ask you that question then. I mean, what do you yeah. make of people who were saying that? <clears throat> I, thought, I thought initially it was convenient for Liverpool maybe to postpone the game uh, obviously that that goes without obviously uh kind of playing down the, the the virus itself and the severity of it that it's had but I did think at that time it was immediately after getting through to the semi-finals Jurgen Klopp immediately said it would be far more beneficial to play a one-legged tie and I thought that was kind of where he and Liverpool were trying to position and force the hand of the EFL once the tournament's actually started to then perhaps try and get them to to change their mind and have it as one leg. But obviously, the fact they have been able to, the following week, just flip the ties, as it were, the first leg be at Anfield and the following week, the uh, the second leg can be played. I think it it obviously means that the competition will continue to be played out as it should have been and allows, obviously, those who were suffering with uh, coronavirus or who are suffering with COVID, the uh, the chance to obviously be in their, their self-isolation and hopefully be fit and able to uh, to play. And at the end of the day, I think no matter who you, you're a fan of, you want to try and see two of the best teams. I don't, it wasn't really something I was wanting to see Liverpool have to field a team of under 18s like we saw with Aston Villa in the FA Cup last year against Liverpool because no one's really a winner. It's not a spectacle. It's not a, it's not a decent game at all, but 
if they if they hadn't been able to find the room in the calendar, I think it would have had to have been the precedent that had been set earlier on of Leighton Orient and Spurs last season that a 3-0 first leg forfeit would have had to be put in place. And Liverpool maybe tried to turn that round at Anfield, which they've obviously done that against a far better side than Arsenal in the past. They're not too distant past a 4-0 win at Anfield that maybe they uh, they could well have done. But uh, yeah, that's that's my take on it. But well, he's found a happy state, resolution. The stated, isn't he, that it doesn't apply in the semi-finals and the later rounds. So there's always time to play the game because because look at the gap in between the... Yeah. I think it was the fourth well, round I think that was the, the, the crucial thing, wasn't it? The last... It was a massive gap, yeah. Yeah, but, but and that was the thing, wasn't it, last year with the, with the early rounds of the competition. They were literally played week after week after yeah, yeah. week. So, and that's what I mean is the fact that there was the gap in the calendar to find it and the fact that it's only the following week. So it's not as though there's going to be one leg played in a three-week break and Liverpool maybe have a completely different squad for the second semi-final. I, yeah, I think I think to begin with, I think there's a lot of noise made around it. I think my, my initial concern, obviously, with the team I support was the fact that those comments straight after getting into the semi-final of this should be a one-legged semi-final. But well, he did. He did say that he, he did say we could play it at Arsenal. So even if that yeah, game no, had been caught no, up, no, moved I, it from from outfield to Arsenal. Yeah, I get that. Would have had a better chance to lose change. by a low scoreline. Yeah, exactly. But you can't change. You can't change your competition rules once the competition started, can you? Because no, you can't. Which is why that game was never, ever, ever going to get called off or forfeited. So yeah, you're right. Exactly. So they asked, So basically, what you're saying is your fellow Arsenal fans who believed as though the, the game should have, you know, Liverpool running scared are actually wrong. And should be taken uh, outside is what you say. Yeah, I think I think a few got I think a few got far too carried away. But uh, no, I'm just glad that there will be there will be two legs. Matt, you clearly want to but, jump in two foot. Yeah, no, I was, I was just <laughs> going to say. I mean, it, quite quite obviously, I think that the Arsenal fans were, were wrong to think that. And and as Dodie says, you know, the, the competition rules are the competition rules. But the really odd thing for me was fans of other teams who are not Liverpool or Arsenal fans jumping onto it. I saw, you know, Leeds fans. Do you think fans... that's odd? Do you think that's odd? Well, that's not odd at all. That's what, that just happens all the time. That happens on every Sunday, doesn't it? Sorry, the one set of fans who should not have said anything or probably didn't say anything were Newcastle. They were just probably sitting around going, oh, yeah, let's just, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, yeah, do what you want, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I see quite a few Leeds fans and, and fans of other clubs who've had games called off themselves because of COVID outbreaks having a go at Liverpool. And I just thought that was a uh, slightly strange behaviour. But yeah, like you say, maybe uh, Twitter is, is the place for that sort of thing. I think they're just waiting for the next thing to feed off, aren't they? After they were accusing Klopp, Klopp of cancelling Christmas and ruining the English traditions. <laughs> yeah, well, that that is that is exactly what he was trying to do, wasn't it? I mean, let's. We'll pass that off. We'll pass that message on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, uh, Doily. In terms of in terms of where we are now, then, what is the latest with Liverpool regarding the training ground today? It seems to have reopened and preparations well underway for the weekend's game. Yeah. Well, they've said they've opened, reopened it. The training today. They have been training today. Uh, whoever's available. Uh, they'll be training again tomorrow. They'll have the press conference tomorrow as well, which I presume it's done from Kirby. So that'll be the, the same, obviously, virtually over the Zoom application, as I like to call it. Yeah, that uh, so it won't be in person. But the point is that Liverpool probably, they, as Matt said before, Liverpool just want to play the games. They don't want a big backlog because they, they would think that they would be involved in, say, the Champions League. I mean, obviously, the league, whether or not it is interesting, it could have been later on the season, we don't know. But they want to be in the Champions League, so they don't want to get stuck with all these games. And they want to be in the FA. They want to be in. It's because the other game has to get arranged is the, you know, the, date, the League Cup final itself, because whoever gets through that Liverpool-Arsenal game can't get played. So that's another game along with the Leeds one. There are, there are 
weeks where they can do it. I don't know if they're too concerned too much just yet, but they're out to play the game. They want to play Shrewsbury on Sunday. So while the team that gets put out will probably be pretty unrecognisable, you've got to bear in mind that, what was it, t- less than two years ago, Liverpool had the academy team out against Shrewsbury and beat them 1-0. Uh, mm. Slightly different then, obviously, with them having... Maybe the first game against Shrewsbury where it was a bit of a mixture of youngsters and um, and first-teamers, which ended up 2-all. I think it was in the end, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. So... I wouldn't be surprised if it's in terms of the makeup of the team, it's not too far removed from that. But obviously the players will be different because quite a few of the Liverpool players that they've got or won't be available. So it will be interesting to see. But uh, you know, Shrewsbury were moaning a little bit, weren't they? You could tell that they were they were thinking, oh, this might not go ahead. But now they, for them, they got a great chance. They got a great chance of getting through. Yeah, and uh, I mean, let's let's kind of go into it a bit more with that of what chance even Shrewsbury might have coming to Anfield, Matt, if it is kind of a, a patchwork team from Liverpool, even if they have to call on the young players. We were talking about this earlier on today. You keep an interest in all things with the academy, that certainly the under-18s, they're pretty much a month without a game themselves. Yeah, I think that the under-18s played about two or three weeks ago. The under-23s, their last game, I think, was the 3rd of December, off the top of my head. So they've not played a great deal of football. I know the uh, the academy teams play up until just before Christmas, then they have sort of a week or, or two weeks off over Christmas and, and come back. So it will be a long time since they've played a game. As I said to you before, I think maybe it's it's less of an issue when you're, you're that age, maybe when you're, you're 18, 19, it's, it's not quite as, as difficult to get back into it as someone at the other end of, of their career, it, it might be for them. But it is, it's going to be interesting to, to see who is in there, who's not in there. Obviously, we have no idea in terms of, of the COVID cases. Hopefully, we get to, to see some training pitches at, at some point so we can try and, and work that out. But it, it's going to be really fascinating. And I think Shrewsbury will think that they've got a chance. Obviously, if Liverpool have to make loads of changes and it's it's different and, and obviously all of, of the usual caveats of it being a, a youth team playing, I think Shrewsbury will turn up and think they have a chance. But at the same time, I really do think that even with you know a, a mixture of, of 18s, 23s and maybe the odd first team player, I think Liverpool will, will have a really good go at, at having a, a good go at beating them and, and going through. I think that the crowd will be up for it. You saw with, with Liverpool against Leicester, I think that was one of the better atmospheres this season. It was kind of a, a bit of a changed up team. It was backs against the wall for certain periods. It was you know up against a, a Leicester team who obviously have a lot more quality than Shrewsbury. But again, turned up and, and maybe fancied their chances a little bit. I think there will be a, a kind of large proportion of the Anfield crowd really up for it. It's a cup tie. You can go for it. It's, you know, it's it's not the most important thing in the world, but I do think there'll be a, a decent atmosphere and, and Liverpool will have a decent go at it. So as much as, as Shrewsbury probably fancy themselves, even with a few changes, I still would imagine that the Anfield crowd would get behind Liverpool and, and make them have a, a really good go at getting through. Yeah, you alluded to it before, Patrick, of kind of opportunity sometimes to see a few youngsters and them really excel. And even before the Shrewsbury game a couple of years ago, the Everton game at Anfield, so many yeah. youngsters playing within that one. And Curtis Jones, for one, was kind of the guy who stood out, wasn't he? But so many of the young players in, in that game. Well, exactly. The team often dubbed the baby reds. They're called out and the crowd get right behind them. It's just really exciting to see these players that, you know, often you've never heard of suddenly coming to Anfield in front of 45,000, you know, playing their absolute heart out. So, yeah, it's a really exciting prospect. And, you know, I've mentioned it before as well. I think the fact that we don't know who's got COVID, we don't know who the young players are in some cases, and it's a bit disrespectful to say, but, you know, a lot of them haven't even played for the first team. It is really exciting to see. And Shrewsbury, obviously, will be bang up for it. I think they're having a bit of a, you know, mid-table season in League One. 
they're going to try and get a famous cup tie win at Anfield. So, yeah, I'm expecting a very exciting one. Yeah, how serious this season do you think, Doyle, that Liverpool should be taking the FA Cup? It's not something they've excelled in under Jurgen Klopp, but I suppose feeding off the back of what we spoke about last Friday, I think it was on the pod, that Liverpool haven't won maybe as many titles as they would have wanted to. I mean, you could even, I suppose, throw in the League Cup a couple of years ago and there to play the youngsters at Aston Villa. They'd kind of obviously got through to the quarterfinal stage of that and then actually success in another tournament that stopped them going any further. But the FA Cup has always been one that Liverpool under Klopp haven't quite been able to, to get too far in. No, I think, I think they got the fifth, fifth round, round once. Fifth yeah. round, could be against that was, Chelsea. That was when they went out to Chelsea. Did they, did they yeah. go out in the fifth round to Wolves as well? Was that a fourth round game? That was a fourth round. Mm, they got right. beat by West Ham in the fourth round. They got beat by, yeah, Wolves in the fourth round, Wolves in the third round, Chelsea yeah. and United in the fourth round. Yeah. Mm. So they've had some iffy draws. This isn't one of those, to be fair. Um, but I think... In terms of how seriously they want to, I think they would have taken it quite seriously had it not been for all of these positive coronavirus tests. I think the fact that Liverpool are through to the semi-finals of the League Cup over two legs, I think that's going to be the priority this week, not the FA Cup game against Shrewsbury, which would have been interesting otherwise because <clears throat> if none of this had happened, I think they would have ended up with a quite a strong team against Shrewsbury because they might not have played the likes of Van Dijk and you know Matip and people like that because they would have played... Canati and Gomez against Arsenal and then you know what Klopp's like he likes rhythm he doesn't want players to be out of rhythm for too long and he would have ended up playing them against Shrewsbury so they would have had a very good chance of just like not no guarantee they're going to get through but they would have had a better chance than they would do on the on Sunday so I think they would have taken it seriously I think it's definitely below the League Cup list of priorities has to be simply because of what you know there's the one of 64 teams left in it whereas in the League Cup, the one of four, or technically three if you say Tottenham are out because you know, they're going to do well to turn over that first leg against Chelsea to keep on scoring for Chelsea. Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said Tottenham there because I thought when you and when you were saying about going strong against Shrewsbury, I thought, yeah, okay, go strong against the better side. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah but no, no, I wasn't going to say that. But I just think it's because of the world Liverpool are in the relative respective competitions. So I do think that I think they would have taken the FA Cup and they might still. If they if they beat Shrewsbury, they end up getting a decent draw in the next round, which is two big ifs, you know. But then I think they probably will because there's no replays. They know it's going to get just settled on the day. They know that they've got as good a chance as anybody against in, in a single game. And as I said before, if the league's not quite going to plan and City end up finishing about 50 points ahead, then they can prioritise a little bit. But they have to get through this game on Sunday and it's not going to be easy for all the reasons that we've explained. Patrick, you seem to be nodding, nodding along there. Not many people agree with Ian Doyle, but do you? The League Cup, the priority over the FA Cup? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's a very good shot at a trophy. Why would you not want to go and see a team win a cup at Wembley? You know, that's what football is all about. And, you know, I'd be interested to see your thoughts, Guy. If Tottenham were to go through, do you think that would ignite Arsenal to really want to get to a final against Spurs? Or do you reckon they'd be fearful of losing to their rivals in a final? No, I think I think one game... I think, I think when you're Arsenal, it's one game at a time. Um, <laughs> Not, not, not to get ahead of yourselves. Um, it wouldn't affect but, yeah. selection. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. But Matt, what about yourself? Do you, do you go along with that? That actually now the eggs should be in the League Cup basket. Obviously, Man City aren't in that. They are still in the FA Cup. Yeah, I don't think that will come into it too much. I think it's, it's just a case of of going for all of these competitions. Really, when it's the the best time, when it suits you, almost. I think in in previous seasons, obviously part of the difficulty that Liverpool have had in this tournament is the teams that they've come up against, they've had difficult draws and 
think it is fair to say. I know it's something that gets said a lot and Manchester City fans don't particularly like it, but they have had favourable draws at certain times in, in both domestic cup competitions. I don't think there's too much arguing to, to be done there. So I think it, it'll come down partly to, to the draws that Liverpool get, but it also comes down partly, I think, to sort of situations within the Premier League and the Champions League. I mean, last season, the FA Cup wasn't a priority because Liverpool somehow had to get themselves into the Champions League. The two seasons before that, they were either well ahead in the league and, and wanted to go on and, and win that for the first time. The season before, they were in a huge sort of title battle with Manchester City. So I think this season, you'd fancy them to definitely get themselves into the top four. Obviously, they can't stop working on that and, and they won't do that. But I think this season, you've kind of got a little bit of breathing room, even if you say that the Premier League title might now be out of reach you'd still fancy them to be able to almost coast into the top four. You wouldn't expect them to to be finishing outside of, of the top four places at, at the end of this season. And as a result of that, I think it gives you an opportunity to go stronger in, in some of the other competitions. So, you know, maybe the, the circumstances this season are just a little bit different so that they can maybe go a little bit further in these tournaments. But again, if they get, you know, Man City or Chelsea or whoever in the next round, things can change very quickly. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, we're going to talk about transfers shortly, but before that, Doyle, just last point on the Cups that I wanted to kind of explore. And I've seen this theory floating around on social media over kind of the last week about Liverpool, that this side is very much geared and built to be basically a Cup team and a knockout team that turns up for the big games knockout rather than over the the course of a league campaign. We have seen brilliant one-off displays during this course of the season. Do you agree with that? Do you think actually they have shown the vulnerabilities that actually within a knockout competition, more than anywhere, you can't kind of allow to come to the surface? No and no. They literally won every single game in the Champions League. They've got through every round in the League Cup. They've only lost two league games and one of them Okay, West Ham, they didn't play well at all. But against Leicester, they didn't play well, but they still had about 103% possession and missed a penalty. So I don't think I don't think there's anything that they should be alarmed in terms of oh, the more of a cup team than a league team. Because I think in most other seasons, they will be second or nearly top because Manchester mm-hmm. City are just this freaky money team that's unfortunately, you know, it, if they were in, they'd win every other league. As I've said many, many, many times, Every time, every year, a Man, Man City don't win the league. Their manager should be sacked. No, but do you think there's more chance than maybe of Liverpool completing, I don't know, a cup double this season than potentially hauling back Man City? Or well, you'd say yeah, because I don't think they are going to haul back Man City. And I think, as we've said, they have to be Arsenal and then probably Chelsea to win one competition, and then they've got another. You can only beat who's ahead of them. That's Shrewsbury, but you know, as we said, they've got the problem with with this COVID outbreak and seeing who's there. I don't think Liverpool can look too far ahead in that sense, but to say that they're more of a cup team than a league team or the other way around this season is a bit daft because they're up there in all of the competitions. So normally with social media theories, they are social media theories. Yeah, no, no, no. It was just one that I thought I would I, I would float out there. Matt, do you see where there's a, a point to be made? Certainly, I suppose, even thinking of the Champions League, the record that Jurgen Klopp's had over two-legged games, that actually this side is, is maybe built to have success in that competition. 
I, I get where people are coming from, but I think it's it's slightly easier to say that at this point. Obviously, it's it's better for Liverpool to focus on the Cups now that the league has gone. But I don't think if you'd have said that same question at, at the start of the season that maybe we'd think about it in the same way. I know it's it, it's something that was kind of thrown at, at Liverpool before they went and, and won the league title. I mean, we shouldn't forget that they've had two back-to-back seasons where they got pretty much 100 points, won the league in one of them, were incredibly unfortunate the season before. It was kind of something that was was a criticism thrown at them before that happened. I think since then, they've obviously dropped off and, and not reached those levels. And it, it's maybe just the easiest thing to, to go back and, and throw that at them again. But yeah, let, let's not forget that they have actually won a, a league title. It's it's not as if they've not done that. It's, it's something that they have proven to be able to do. Finished third last year. Finished third last year with me at centre back. <laughs> Did you get a game in the end? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Didn't you see that one? No. no. West Brom. <laughs> West Brom. I told Alison to get up. I'll stay back. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Anyway. I do think right. that the thing this season is that it's more the league has got competitive as a whole, particularly this year. You know, we've always had 100 points, nearly 100 point seasons and not won the league that unfortunate season. But I think other teams now, you know, look at West Ham. They're as close to us as City are in fifth. You know, he'd have thought that was happening two years ago. But yeah, I don't think we're a cup team, but I think this season we're going to have to be, aren't we? Yeah, back in your box then, Guy. Right, OK, no worries. Uh, <laughs> Blame the to... internet. Blame the internet. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no. On to transfers then, and the uh, most eye-catching deal of the January transfer window does have a partial relevance, I suppose, to Liverpool. Reunion of sorts at Villa Park, Doily. Stephen Gerrard bringing in Felipe Coutinho. Ever since he left Anfield, it's been talk of him returning to the Reds. Not going to happen now, but he's back in the Not Premier League. Yeah, no, not, not by, by you, me. obviously. Not by back me, in the Premier League. You glad to see him back? I'm glad to see him back. He's really good. I'm also glad to see him back at Aston Villa because it means people can stop talking about him going to Liverpool. He left four years ago. And people said, oh, but I saw someone say something like, oh, Coutinho was a reminder of the glory days. Since he left, <laughs> Liverpool won the league, won the Champions League and won two of the trophies and and got to a Champions League final and got 100 odd points and didn't, and, well, 97 points and didn't win the league. It's like, honestly, what is wrong with people sometimes? I mean, and then there's other people who say, oh, well, Coutinho, he went away and he didn't do anything. He won loads of trophies. He won the Champions League. He won the he won the Bundesliga, I think. He certainly won the league. He won. He scored in a, in a Copa del Rey final. So it's like, mm. while he's possibly not been as important and he's certainly not played the games that he had when he was at Liverpool, it's hardly like his career has been an absolute failure since he left. I mean, people might say, well, if he's at Aston Villa now, that's not a very good sign. But, you know, he, he's somebody who... You know, he's with somebody, with Steven Gerrard, who he played alongside. He's got massive respect for him, and it goes to the way. And I think he's, he's instantly become Aston Villa's best player. And I think if they've been... I know they got the Buendia came in, but he's not quite the same player as Grealish. I think Coutinho's a lot nearer to Grealish, or rather Grealish is a lot nearer to Coutinho, is the way around it should be. And uh, I think if they if they get him up fit and running, I think he'll be good. And then, obviously, Barcelona wanted Rid because they needed the space and the, the money and the wage to get Ferran Torres, which is how they were able to buy him from Man City, which I was reading about the other day. It's very convoluted and confusing, but who knew that Barcelona would find a way around these things, yeah, apart from everybody? Yeah. <laughs> They're now trying to recontract to all sorts of players, aren't they, to mm. stretch out their wages over years and years and years. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Patrick, in terms of Coutinho coming back then, would you have liked to have seen him come back to Anfield, or do you think that very much now, four years on, as Doddy says, time's very much passed? Because for a long time, there was a clamour to bring him back. It's a very difficult question. I think I think he's had his time. I know that's unfair to say because he's one of these amazing trophies, but it's not the same Coutinho, let's be honest. 
But of course, it's only taken a few hours for Twitter to suddenly compare him to Jack Grealish and the debates are roaring, you know, who's better. I think Villa have actually got a pretty much Jack Grealish replacement if they can get him fit and firing, which I believe Gerard can do. You know, he seems like inspirational type. And it also just shows, you know, the pull that Steven Gerrard's got as a manager already. You know, he's managed to get Coutinho to Villa. That is, you know, a massive, massive deal for that club. And I think other clubs as well be, you know, six months' time, I think they might be a bit fuming. You know, you look at Tottenham, they really need a creative player. Many other clubs in the Premier League and around Europe really need that creative player. And I think Coutinho can be that. But I don't think he would have come back to Liverpool. You know, he wouldn't fit in the midfield, really. I can't see him fitting in the front three, especially, you know, in his current physical state because he's really not up to speed at all. But yeah, I think in Villa's sense, it's a good move and um, I'd like to see him do well, you know. He's a player that we loved watching and just puts a smile on your face, doesn't he? He's one of those players that doesn't necessarily get the amazing stats for goals and assists, but he's just an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, so focus going to sharpen even more now then on Steven Gerrard at Villa Park, with, if it was possible, with Coutinho there and I suppose seeing how he manages such a high-profile player as well. Yeah, I think it's it's a really exciting move actually for for Villa, and I think it's it's really interesting as well that obviously Steven Gerrard being there, that the fact that they are linking up again, I think it's it's a sign really of of the pull that Steven Gerrard has got. I've I've written something earlier today around that kind of thing, and I think it, it goes without saying that Coutinho wouldn't be at Villa Park if it wasn't for for Steven Gerrard, and I think that's that's a big tick in terms of of looking ahead, obviously. It's far too early to be talking about sort of Gerard at Liverpool, but that's kind of the inevitable end point, I think, for for the two of them. And I think you know that, that's something that Steven Gerrard has got over some of of the other candidates that we talk about. We we know that obviously Jurgen Klopp has got a big pull in terms of of bringing players to to Liverpool. Whoever comes in after him is going to have to have that. And I think you know Pep Linders certainly hasn't got that that same level. Even if you look at someone like a, a Nagelsmann or, or a Maurizio Pochettino or, or some of these sorts of names, I don't think they've necessarily got the the same pull as, as someone like a, a Steven Gerrard has. And I think this is. An example of that, obviously, you know, it's uh, it's a really exciting one, one to keep an eye on. Really exciting player. It's a bit of a risk in terms of his fitness. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of, of troubles over the last couple of seasons. But you know, for, for, if you're an Aston Villa fan and, and you're looking at that, it's it's a really exciting thing. And I know they would have been reluctant to, to see the back of, of Dean Smith, but I think this is a, a real step forward for, for Stephen Gerrard and what he can bring and. Like I say, it's it's hugely exciting, I think, for, for the Premier League. And I think it's, it can be exciting for Liverpool fans as well to see what can happen between Gerrard and Coutinho because I think uh, if he'd have gone to, I don't know, uh, maybe a Tottenham or an Arsenal or someone like that, they're kind of close enough to Liverpool that you wouldn't want them to do well. Whereas I think, you know, Coutinho, Gerrard, Aston Villa, we can wish them well, but they're not going to be anywhere near Liverpool. Arsenal close to Liverpool. Been a long time since I heard that one, Doyley. Um, anyway, in terms of Doyley, Liverpool's transfer business this month, I suppose a lot of the talk in the last kind of week has been primarily around outgoings and players linked with exits. Nico Williams, it seems, kind of looking, as in the summer, as kind of the Echo reported, that Liverpool would consider offers for him, that he still wants to get regular first-team minutes. And Nat Phillips and Divock Origi's names, never too far away from the gossip columns. Uh, Nat Phillips, you can see that happening. And I think Liverpool would allow him to go. Divock Origi, not convinced on that one. Uh, he's got six months left on his deal. Liverpool do have an option to trigger a clause, but he has to play a certain amount of games. Problem is, I don't think he's going to end up playing that amount of games. Don't know for sure on that one. But the fact that he's not played for a month and he hasn't started a Premier League game doesn't augur well. Um, but Liverpool, they don't want to 
well, why would they let him go in January? Why would they let him go this month when this is the entire time when if he's fit, which he, he you know he may end up being fit certainly. He could even be fit for Sunday. I'd be surprised if it was Sunday to be honest, but he could be fit for Arsenal. We don't know yet. Have to wait to see what happens with training when we when we finally get around to speaking to Liverpool again after having not spoken with them for a week. But Origi, certainly there was some suggestion that Newcastle might come in with a seven million pound bid, but they've just bought Kieran Trippier for twelve, going up to we understand twenty five million, and he's in it. That Atletico Madrid really exactly the same position where he had six months left. Plus Atletico had a you know had a, could trigger it uh, another year if if he played a certain amount of games. So. Mm. Don't think they're going to be getting him on the cheap. Um, in terms of Nico Williams, I mean, that's an interesting one. If somebody comes in with a with a decent sized bid for him, probably towards the end of the transfer window, if it's going to happen, then I think Liverpool might be interested at a thought simply because the player might want to go. He wants to be playing football. Wales have got a big World Cup qualifier coming up in March. Um, he wants to be involved in that, and if he's playing football, he's got a better chance of doing so. But because the situation is at the moment, possibly he might be playing a few games over the next couple of weeks anyway. Even even if this, you know, this COVID outbreak hadn't happened, he'd been playing in the League Cup. He could probably be playing in the FA Cup as well, so he's, he'd have a chance. Yeah, a man with double interest regarding Wales and Liverpool, Patrick. In terms of Nico Williams, brave of him though, isn't it? For a young player who has looked as though he's got the making of having that breakthrough at Liverpool, maybe not to ever be a real mm. first-team regular, but he's performed so well for Wales. He's performed well in the League Cup, certainly this season for Liverpool as well. It is brave of him to kind of come out straight away and it doesn't kind of seem to be a loan move he's angling for. He'd be more than happy to move on permanently. Yeah, I think Nico's problem is, you know, he's best as a wing-back, which when he plays for Wales, he's absolutely outstanding in that right wing-back spot. And then for Liverpool, he's either playing right-back or on the wing. And, you know, he's neither here nor there when he's playing in both of those positions. I think, ideally, he'd get a loan move away to get some game time. But I don't think he'll be massively pushing for it because his main threat for the position in the Wales national team is Conor Roberts, who himself has not been playing at Burnley that much. So I think Nico, you know, isn't feeling too worried at the moment. I think he might stay in that regard because I don't think he needs the game time to make the Wales squad. I think he's pretty comfortable to get that position anyway. But yeah, I don't think I'd be selling him permanently. I think he could be an asset for Liverpool in the future if he can get some game time together, which alone could be helpful for him. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, and what an Origi, Matt. I agree with Doyley there that what was what was it? Wolves were interested far more than £7 million, wasn't it? Way back when, now that that was being spoken about, probably two or three seasons ago that that was being talked up. But I suppose for Liverpool, it's it's get through to the summer and revamp the forward line then. Yeah, exactly that. I think you, you can't be letting anyone go at this point in that sort of area of the pitch and, and leaving yourself exposed. It's one of those things where... I think if a, an absolutely mega offer came in, then maybe you'd think about it and maybe there might be someone that could therefore be available that you could bring in as a replacement. But it, it just doesn't make any sense, does it, to to not bring him in? I know he's not played much in the league, but he's made a, a couple of Champions League appearances. We've spoken about potentially going you know, as far as they can in, in the domestic cups as well. I think there will be opportunities for him to play at, at certain times this season. And to let him go now would, would just be daft, wouldn't it? You don't want to leave yourself with only Takumi Minamino as, as backup. If anything, Liverpool need more, not less. So, yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if they let him go. But, you know, who knows with the money that Newcastle have got, maybe if they put a ridiculous fee on the, the table, then possibly it could be tempting. But you can't really see that. I think they've got enough transfers to be doing without thinking about Origi and getting involved in ones that clubs don't particularly want to do. I think they're probably going to be buying an entire new back four, maybe a midfielder as well. It's it's probably not 
necessarily going to be the, the first priority for them. So, yeah, I'd be surprised. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Right, we're not going to do a team selector because we don't. Well, we don't know who's we don't know who's going to be there. Well, we can have a guess. Then. We can have a guess. Go on, then. Should we do a team selector? Yeah. All right. Who's in goal? Have a guess. Yeah. 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 Who's in goal? Okay. Right. Right. Let's have a guess. Right. This is through not knowing any of the players. Well. Okay. Right. We know there's probably going to be six players available. Right. So you've got to have Allison, Matip, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Firmino, and Jones. So there you go. Got a goalkeeper, two centre backs, two centre mids, and a forward. So you need another five. Right. So yeah. would you not give someone else a chance there? Maybe another keeper. Well, Tyler, Morton, Tyler Morton will play. So there's your midfield. Right. So right. Fabinho. Because he's, he's been, he's Morton, been talking. Yeah. He's been talking to the website. So you'd assume he's okay back training. So there you go. There's seven players. So you need another four. Nico Williams, right back. We've been speaking about him. If he's if he's fit and he's available, then yeah. You could right, have look. one of three. I mean, if Andy Robertson's kept away from the first team when he was, you know, when they went on the journey to Chelsea, which why would he be there? Because he was suspended. Then he might be okay. So we could play left back. We're just guessing here, of course. I do think there's going to be more players playing for Liverpool. Than, again, okay, let's put it this way. There's more players who will be available for Liverpool than we think. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to mm-hmm. play because we've seen with, certainly with Fabinho and Van Dijk, they came back from having suffered coronavirus and while they, by all accounts, they didn't have hardly any symptoms, it, it's, it, I don't think it's a coincidence they've not played particularly well in the two games since then. I do think it, well, we're only going to find out over time. I've said this before, we're going to find out over time what what impact it's had on, on professional athletes. We've seen what impact it has on everyday, you know, for a better phrase, everyday people. But, you know, these are top athletes. It's going to be, be more noticeable with them if they're always performing at these high levels and then suddenly they're not. There has to be a reason for it. And I don't think it's a coincidence. That said, if they played five of them, we still got six plays to pick from. So yeah. there'll be it's enough. There'll be my, enough around. That's why the game's going. Struggling myself this week, Doily, but uh, yes, the I know. Flakes, yeah. The brown flakes. The brown flakes have kept me going. So uh, absolutely, really. the brown flakes, orange, orange juice. Has that helped? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Anyway, Matt, oh. Matt, that, that sip. Well, that lemon sip. Yeah, actually, that has. Yeah, Sean Bradbury's. that has actually. That has actually helped. Yeah, Matt. Rather than poke fun at you, do you want to fill in any of the blanks forward line? Uh, yeah, I can have a go. I'd like to see Cade Gordon. I think we'll probably see Cade Gordon if, you know, obviously COVID permitting. I think that's one that, that you'd see. I, I was slightly surprised that we didn't see him a couple of weeks ago against Leicester. I think that probably would have made more sense in hindsight than having Nico Williams there, to be honest. But um, let's, yeah, let, let's go for him. He's one that, that you'd put in there. I think there's there's probably going to be one or two youngsters, probably more on the bench than, than in the, the squad, if possible, but or in the, the first 11, uh, if possible. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's impossible, isn't it? Without sort of guessing at who's got COVID and who hasn't, I'm not really too sure. Well, apparently that's what we're doing, according to yeah, them. We just guess. Because what we could do, I reckon, what we could do, playing the centre forward. We could, that, we could do mind. that. Is we could base it on the team that we wouldn't. Plus some players we wouldn't mind seeing, like Kay Gordon, like I don't know, Owen Beck at left back. You know, players like that. Not Ward happy with the disrespect to the Welsh Cafu here, though. <laughs> <laughs> get Nico in. No, you yeah, he can play right. I, I just don't right want to see him. And he can back yeah. at left back, so there you Do go. You not want the two, to see the two Welsh wizards going down the wing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so we got a team there. No, <laughs> no. We're missing right, about well, three forwards. Th- th- we're, we're missing a forward, aren't we? We're missing, got... missing a forward, aren't we? Yeah, we're missing. We mean, okay, Gordon. Yeah, Minamino. Jones on the left. Yeah, yeah. Minamino was nearly back, wasn't he? Before, so assuming he's not got COVID, then I don't think he's still injured. So. It will be him, won't it? Right, so from that team of all-stars we picked then, Doily, what's your, your prediction for the the, uh, the game? What's the score going to be? <laughs> um, hmm. I think they'll get beat. 
I think they'll get beat by Shrewsbury. <laughs> I think they'll get beat. I said they'll get beat by Arsenal. I just think, okay, let's put it this way. It, would it be a shock if Shrewsbury won? Yes. Of course, yeah, it would be. They'd have won at Anfield, no matter who which Liverpool team gets put out. But I don't think it would be a surprise just through everything else that's, that, that's gone on. I think, I just think it's ready made for a defeat for Liverpool. And we'd all know the reasons for it. Wow. Patrick? I'm not going to pretend like I'm a League One expert, but I've just had a Google of Shrewsbury. <laughs> and in the last game, they beat Sheffield Wednesday 1 0. They were probably the most dangerous side in League One. So they're full of confidence. Their season's sort of going nowhere. So I think they'll be bang up for it. So I think we're in for a Baby Reds classic, definitely. You know, the youngsters coming through. I'm going to go. Going to go 3 2 Liverpool. Belter of a game. Last minute winner. Oh, got some extra extra insight there. Matt, what about yourself? I think Liverpool win. I think if if they put out the team or something close to the team that we've just had a guess at there, it should be fairly comfortable, even sort of COVID permitting. So I don't know, maybe maybe 2 0. Yeah. Michael Owen says that Liverpool win 5-0. I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did he post a photo of himself again? <laughs> <laughs> With the FA Cup. I won it, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he did win it as well by himself. So you can, talk... you can let that's him have that cool. one. Let's not talk about that. And that aforementioned win over... Yeah, that was 2-1, wasn't it, Porsche? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. 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 Were you there? Yeah. Did you go? No, I wasn't. I was probably about oh. eight. I don't know. Ah, I got a minute. Yeah, right. Anyway, that's all we've time for here on this edition of the Blood Red Podcast. From myself, Guy Clark, Ian Doyle, Patrick Smith, and Matt Addison. Thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.